This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we give you the lowdown on NetApp Kubernetes services. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm in the studio today and joining me, Mr. Andrew Grimes. Hi. Hey, Justin. How's, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah? So. Good. So, Andrew, um, you're doing new things now. What are you doing here at NetApp? Well, I now work for the Cloud Infrastructure Business Unit. I work on our uh, HCI product, which is now our hybrid cloud infrastructure, and uh, working with uh, NetApp Kubernetes services on the side. Oh, okay. So NetApp Kubernetes Services. I've heard of this, and it's a good thing because that's what the podcast is about today. Um, so, Andy, if we wanted to get in touch with you on Twitter, how do we do that? Sure. My Twitter handle is Andy underscore NTAP underscore Flash. Um, but I work on a lot of other things now as well. All right. Also with us today, the NKS team. Uh, so starting with Ariel Jatib, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Oh, uh, Ariel Jatib on Twitter, and um, I do a bunch of different stuff here at NetApp. Mostly I'm a TME uh, nowadays, so going out and evangelizing NKS on various fronts. Good. We'll have to come back to you and find out what this NKS stuff is. Um, Also on the phone, Matt Baldwin, uh, what do you do here at NetApp, and how do we reach you? Man, what do I not do at NetApp? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, you, reach, you can reach me at Baldwin Matthew, uh, 1T. Uh, I am now the Director of Cloud Native Engineering at NetApp, and I'm in charge of all things Kubernetes and Cloud Native related. Uh, so NKS, and it is my product. Cloud Native. So I've heard the term, and I'm sure others have heard it, and I kind of have an idea what it might be. But tell me, what does Cloud Native mean? Do you want me to define that, or do you want Ariel yes, to define I it? I want you to define that. Direct I'm going to ask Ariel to define it. Director of Cloud Native. <laughs> Ariel actually has a very good pitch okay. on it, uh, better than I do. Do I? Oh, my gosh. Well, you I have, have, the, you have no. the CNCF uh, thing memorized better than I do, what Cloud Native, like the official definition of Cloud Native. There's actually an official definition by the CNCF. Of the yeah, I am going to do that. Yeah, so. API driven. You know, <laughs> API driven. Uh, you're you're building on top of API interfaces, uh, you know, um, microservices patterns, uh, yeah. items like that. But I would go to the CNCF.io and get the full definition. They have an entire trail map of what cloud native is and all the technologies that can relate into it. Uh, you know, like how do you approach you know, logging, cloud native uh, logging in the cloud native space? How do you approach metrics and monitoring? Uh, CICD. Uh, you might have seen the announcement of the CICD Foundation uh, la- this week or last week. Um, it's kind of the same concept that we've been doing with the Cloud Native Foundation. Uh, okay, so there's an entire Cloud Native Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we actually, uh, our history is that we, so Ariel and I, we were evangelizing uh, even before Cloud Native existed. There was just Kubernetes and. Um, we were evangelizing Kubernetes uh, as kind of the beginning of our company and uh, building that local, those local communities across all the major cities of the U.S. Uh, prior to the CNCF. And once the CNCF came in being, um, we were approached to be the first ambassadors for, for that foundation. Okay. Yay. <laughs> all right, next question. 
What is NetApp Kubernetes Services? NetApp, so it's a, uh, I describe it as a cloud-native infrastructure and workload management platform. Um, it is, you know, you can think of it as container management, right? If you wanted to align it with, uh, competitively with OpenShift. Uh, we allow you to, so we don't strictly believe, uh, so we believe in Kubernetes, but we stri- we don't believe that that's the, where you end with the product. Uh, we believe in a kind of Kubernetes as a foundational layer. On top of that, we layer things like Istio in there. Uh, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you a prescriptive stack of solutions that are kind of air quote cloud native, right? So um, we got to remember cloud native is kind of like a buzz phrase too. Uh, it seems and very buzzy. That's <laughs> it, it's very buzzy. Cloud, right? Um, native. But, yeah, it's very native. Uh, hashtag cloud native. Um, but we do believe in providing this stack of solutions that are all integrated with each other. So where we have Kubernetes, we provide Kubernetes management. So not just day one, get the cluster up and running, but day two, how do I lifecycle this environment? How do I lifecycle my infrastructure? But also how do I manage Istio in an easy way? How do I make easy, you know, so how do I make Istio super easy for my users to use? So that a developer who's deploying applications on top of Kubernetes can actually run a Canary. They can run an AB deployment. They can do a blue green deployment. Uh, they can do all of that without needing to know how to write an Istio route rule, right? So we provide that in the in the product. You know, we also provide things like Prometheus, you know, which is part of the CNCF. We provide things like uh, EFK, so Elasticsearch FluentD Kibana, with FluentD being part of the CNCF as well. Uh, if you go to the CNCF's website and you look at the projects that are sitting there on their site, what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, well, that's a suite of applications. And you know, there's, there needs to be a company that integrates those and does integration testing with each of those and then provides a single pane of glass to manage that entire stack of solutions. Um, and that's what NKS is. Uh, you know, and we work on top of all the major cloud providers. Uh, you know, we have IP, the manager at CD, their masters, um, but kind of like to a degree, the Kubernetes story is actually kind of the boring part at this point. Um, we've been trying to make Kubernetes really boring, you know, uh, and so that's NKS. Sorry. That's okay. I'll keep, no, I can keep talking. <laughs> no, that's perfect. But I did want to point out one thing. You did You did say the magic word. Single Are we drinking? Glass. Single pane of glass. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's always this concept that it's hard to, you know, there's a, so there's two camps in single pane of glass, right? So there's the camp that is like, you can never have a single pane of glass for everything. And then there's camps, uh, because that camp would say there's different user personas. And so the single pane of glass isn't the same for all user personas, right? Um, so we're trying not to reach a pane of glass where it's you know unique, you know, like maybe you have six different personas and you log in and like, hey, I'm the admin, and then you get a different looking view. We actually, I actually believe in more uh, that your your built environment will be a persona itself. So things like a deep learning cluster persona, you know, so that's where we're going. That's the path we're going down with single pane of glass. But yeah, there is kind of a debate between should you do single pane of glass, should you not? I lean obviously on the side of it be not, it not. It's nice to have one. People like Amazon don't tend to agree with that. They they believe there's personas for every user. Okay. So Andy, um, you've just started kind of playing around with NKS. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience with it, what you think of it, and how you're going to fit it into your day to day? 
Sure. So, you know, I've been with NetApp for a while, and I have a pretty long history in traditional infrastructure, IT, storage, but also, you know, some compute and, you know, some recent technologies like Max Data and now our HCI technologies. Um, so I've really seen some interesting development and innovation over my career. Uh, but about a year ago, I decided I needed to understand this whole cloud thing. So I went out and did a couple AWS certifications in, uh, in a cloud architect as well as um, DevOps. Started to understand, you know, the container space is really interesting uh, change in IT in we went from, you know, the kind of the monolithic application architectures to containerized applications and, and the concept of, you know, no longer treating our applications like pets and starting to treat them like cattle, horizontally scaling them and recovering so fast that you don't need to um, protect them from themselves necessarily. You now just recover them so fast by containerizing them, you know, sharing the integration points between them using APIs. And that kind of became microservices. So uh, the containerization is definitely coming in the market. We're seeing that displace the traditional virtualization um, technologies. But um, Kubernetes, you know, there's been a war about how to orchestrate and automate, you know, a lot of the features in that, you know, load balancing, failover. These things that I did in my AWS certifications that were very, very interesting technologies but were also proprietary. And Kubernetes has come along and really created a scalable, portable way of developing applications that can run in any of the cloud providers by using Kubernetes as that glue for those services. And it will uniquely deploy those services into AWS or Azure or Google based on standardized configuration files that are, you know, typically in YAML. What I really loved about NKS was I was starting to play around with these technologies and, and using my, cl my cloud experiences. I've recently been doing cloud certification work for Google. I really like the Google ecosystem. I even use a Pixelbook uh, as, my, as my tablet. And as I started to play around with this, you started to, you know, abstract yourselves from the hardware, abstract yourselves from the technology. And NKS turned into just a fantastic tool to create um, Kubernetes clusters and containerized clus containerized system clusters in minutes. Um, you know, I've, I can spin up a Kubernetes cluster. I can, you know, redeploy my applications that I'm playing with in a few minutes. When I'm done playing with it an hour later, I can delete it with one mouse click. Uh, I can do the same environments across multiple clouds, and it's just made it so much easier, so much faster for me to learn things and really proven the value of the technology. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. So that's probably, I'm um, sure, Ariel and Matt are glad to hear that because that's kind of their goal, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's made the technology extremely approachable. Um, one of the things that we have publicly talked about is integrating our NKS with our on-prem uh, hybrid mm -hmm. cloud infrastructure technology. And it's just a beautiful marriage of an open multi-cloud technology. You know, Kubernetes by itself is natively open and multi-cloud. And then when we start looking at applying that to our HCI on-prem, which follows a lot of the same model, it's open compute, it's open hypervisor, it's, it's open network, it's open cloud. So it's really a great marriage of it. And now that I've started, actually, I do an NKS demo as part of my conversations with uh, HCI now to just say, this is the way we approach technology. We're open, we're flexible. We want you to be portable as opposed to other architectures. And I think you alluded to this with, with some of the, the NKS alternatives, they're locked in. You're, you're in a vertical cloud of on-prem to very, very specific uh, tools that you can use to, to manage and deploy Kubernetes in a very limited set of clouds. And we have the opposite philosophy. We want you to be open. We want you to be portable. We want you to take it where you want to go. So, Ariel, does this kind of echo so, what you're trying to get across and what the customers are saying to you? Uh, so, I was actually, I, let me step in. Sorry. Um, I was going to, I was going to also kind of highlight, kind of dig into what Andrew said um, about the, the on-prem and the public cloud stuff. So I think, I think it's very important for us to also say that we're maintaining that single pane of glass for the user experience across public cloud environments and on-premise environments where we just treat HCI in the same way as we treat Amazon cloud. 
So the experience is always the same. With NKS, we've always been about harmony and harmonizing the experience for the user so that they don't have to change how they interact with each environment based upon that environment. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, Amazon's not gonna dictate to me how I work with Amazon. I'm now working at a higher abstraction layer. Um, so I build against Amazon in the same way as I build against HCI. And then, you're, and then this allows that hybrid story where you can now begin to connect on-prem to public cloud, but you're doing that all within the single pane of glass in NKS, which is very cool. Uh, every, no one's doing that right now. <laughs> uh, our none of our competitors. Um, PKS isn't doing that. Yeah, oh, I, I love the horizontally um, open and flexible approach to it, which was really interesting for me. And then exactly that, you treat the on-prem infrastructure just like another cloud. You've completely abstracted the complexities out of your infrastructure at that point. Yeah. That's part of the promise of cloud native technologies, right? Is uh, one of the things that the, the CNCF has focused on with Kubernetes uh, early and, and, and very much with a focus is conformance, right? The idea that if my workload works on a uh, Kubernetes cluster and it's on-prem, maybe I manage it myself, it should also be able to work at another conformant certified Kubernetes uh, cluster at a cloud provider. And so that workload portability is part of what enables this kind of one cloud uh, vision that Matt puts forth about uh, infrastructure being truly abstracted, whether that be on-prem or at a public uh, cloud provider. So what about your customers? I mean, you're talking to a lot of customers out there. What are their sentiments about this story and what are they saying about NKS? Uh, all the, every customer we talk to, they like it. Uh, but every customer also has their own opinions, <laughs> as you'd imagine. Um, I think the, the, this, the simplicity uh, really hooks customers. Um, you know, there's a, we're also purely upstream and that helps in a lot of way with a lot of the customer conversations. Um, the lifecycle management components upgrades, you know, I think we get it. I've, I've been in a lot of customer meetings with where there's a lot of doubt, right? Like engineers basically walk into the room and there's a bunch of engineers sitting there and they're expecting a salesperson to walk through the door and then to be showing stuff that doesn't exist yet. Right. Uh, once we kind of pull out the demo and we start to do, you know, Hey, here's how you lifecycle Kubernetes. Here's how you can build against multiple cloud providers. Here's how you can connect clusters together across regions or across providers. And here's how you can route traffic between them. Here's how you can add things from our marketplace. Here's how you can start to associate your own private or public repos with apps in it to the to your, to your own private marketplace. And then you can deploy that into your own cluster. Uh, once we show them all of that, they start to go, Oh, wow, you actually have a lot. We didn't think it would be there. Um, a lot of people, uh, the, use, the, the, the usability of the product, you know, sells people in a lot, of, a lot, you know, when they try to use things like PKS, where you're doing a lot of messy work at the command line. Um, you know, once they've done, been using that and you show them our tool, uh, you've just taken a lot of workload off of them. And I think that's what they appreciate is that we're simplifying their day-to-day -day job. Yeah, what, what I've loved about it is, is it's really delivering the promise of what Kubernetes should have been. And like for, for a long time, we saw OpenStack was going to be, you know, a panacea, but it, it was too complicated and too difficult to work with. And we've seen Kubernetes coming out, and, and I literally see customers do this mental transformation where they look at, okay, I've got access to PKS. All right, this is going to be hard. Show me your toy. And you're like, five-minute demo, that's it. I mean, I did a, a, a call with a customer the other day. It was 20 minutes long, including my presentation in a five-minute NKS demo. And by the end of the conversation, he completely looked at infrastructure differently because now it was a commoditized resource pool, and his containerized applications could live anywhere. 
Um, and that simplicity of experience combined with taking something that they, they see the value of Kubernetes, but mm-hmm. they're having a hard time struggling how to integrate it into their infrastructure suddenly becomes – that became the least lifting part of, of their you know, transformation. They can start to focus on their applications and, and the way mm-hmm. they're going to deliver or refactor their applications for microservices. Yeah, it's interesting that you said you say OpenStack um, because that's that's the project that the Kubernetes community looked at as an anti-pattern of how you basically as a pattern for failed uh, like there's this failure right is OpenStack um, and that that community failed and uh, so there was a lot of work early on in the Kubernetes space to make sure that we do not replicate the same failures as as OpenStack um, and. You know, Kubernetes never really solved the easy use problem. Uh, that's kind of where we came came in. Um, but there's there's a lot of openness in, in Kubernetes, and there's a lot. You know, but more importantly, I think Kubernetes succeeded because the foundational spec was well written, and that was written. You know, like Joe, Brendan, those guys. So at a deeper level, I mean, how does this all work? Like, what powers it, and how is it interacting with different cloud models? So how's it? What's our architecture look like for the product? Oh, okay. Um, so it's a you know so it's a uh, an application that's hosted. Uh, users drop in, they provide some tokens, and then uh, when cluster build in- initiates, we actually so we run NKS on top of Kubernetes itself, um, and so we use jobs. Uh, so when a cluster build begins to occur, uh, a job gets spun up inside of Kubernetes, touches. API touches things, and then uh, then the job goes away, and the cluster is online. Uh, and so that's kind of very very at a very high level, kind of the end to end of how like a build would work, uh, which is this is why we're able to actually scale. You know, I can have a thousand, um, I can have a thousand builds going, and not have any concurrency issues. And so every action there's there's a queue system in there, so every action is kind of that way. Um, so certain things are uh, you know immediate. And some things are asynchronous, and so we have a jobs system that allows us to to manage that. Um, you know, so like so like take an Istio route rule. We actually have a feature that allows you to schedule the rules to go into into your production into your environments. Uh, so if you're going to do a blue green, so a blue green deployment is you know I'm going to cut blue to green. So 100% of my my traffic you know, is going to go to the new version, right? Um, that's change control. Like it should be probably done during a change control window. Uh, you know, if you've done canary testing and all the other things that you should be doing, maybe you could probably do that in live in production in the middle of the day. But we've, you know, with the customers that we talk to enterprises, you know, they, they're more comfortable being able to schedule things during a change control window. And so instead of just making that reflected immediately in the running environment, we actually allow you to see, you can schedule the rules so the rules can be pushed out. And we use our, that's our scheduling system in our own code base that's managing all that. You know, getting really deep, our code base is pretty much Golang and Python. So, so Golang and Python, you said? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and so like we're, we're shipping app management uh, and in, in April, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about it at Google Next. Uh, and, you know, that is, uh, you know, so we have our own namespace that lives inside of the customer's cluster. Uh, so a NetApp namespace, uh, that namespace contains controllers that we've written that manage your uh, applications that you've deployed into the environment. So you can deploy something using kubectl, right? You can spit a bunch of YAML into the environment and our app management system would put that under management. You can, uh, then you can use Helm 
you know, do a Helm install and then uh, into, into your cluster. And then our app management system will put that app under management. When I say app under management, I mean that now you can lifecycle that application. You can upgrade it. You can uh, do everything through the UI. Uh, we track all of that. And we also introspect what an app is. So we just, so instead of saying one deployment gets mapped to an app, which isn't true, um, we are able to or uh, aggregate all of your deployments together that go that should go together. So say you have a deployment for WordPress and then maybe one for PostgreSQL, right? And you're gonna tie the two together. Uh, we actually show that all in one view in the product. And then you're able to see aggregate logs from all those various pieces in the environment, those components in the environment that you're running. Um, and so that stuff is all GoLang that we've written. And that's something we call workflow. Um, we also have another piece of technology that we've written uh, for our HCI environments uh, that we call dispatch. Uh -huh. And that's a, um, it's a private, basically it's a, a service that spins up inside of Kubernetes and uh, in the source, in the source cluster. And then it, uh, it spins up and it builds a tunnel up north to uh, NKS cloud. And then, and then through that we establish communication and then we just do a keep alive cap across that tunnel. Um, that, that there's going as well. We'll, we're looking to open source that component uh, towards the end of this year for KubeCon uh, US. So yeah, one one of the key things that I, I has helped me understand it and put it into context is you know it's you can go into the the NKS interface and you can create a cluster in just a few mouse clicks. It's literally you know pick your cloud, put in your credentials to that cloud, and then create a cluster. And what I've enjoyed uh, playing with it is is it's extremely fast. It's parallel. I've I've built multiple clusters sitting in first class of airplanes while flying. Um, in AWS and in Google simultaneously. And it's, it's a great abstraction layer that, that makes it common. I don't need to know anything unique about AWS or Google in order to create a Kubernetes cluster and start deploying applications into it. So, Ariel, do we have any customers running it today? And if they are, I mean, is, what, what sort of customer stories do we have to go along with this? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of sets of customers that uh, are running it. Uh, I, I I can't disclose any names, but we a variety of industries. Uh, I've had, earlier today, I had conversation with government agency. Uh, we're talking to banks and uh, uh, telecoms, uh, and then basically anybody. We, we from our days at Stackpoint, a lot of startups that don't want to focus on managing uh, their infrastructure; that they're focused on shipping code uh, and and kind of generating value in the marketplace as they start to. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, uh, expand their, their their business. I mean, there's some some really large entertainment companies down in California that use us, uh, you know, and um, uh, the, you know they use storage and they use Kubernetes together. Uh, and when they're using storage, they're using, uh, you know, um, uh, slipping my solid fire. <laughs> Better than I was trying to remember was all, uh, you know, the solid fire, uh, and then you know we're we're working with you know some you know we're doing some you know special work with some customers to enable their own environments for things like bare metal and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like predominantly, like there's a lot of like a lot of entertainment industry. Uh, there's as Ariel said, government. Um, there's airline as well. Uh, but we also we're also not just talking directly to customers, right? So the product we're also selling down uh you know we're selling down through the channel right so NetApp does a lot of business through the channel and we are uh inking deals left and right for channel partners and so that's basically re branded instances of our product 
uh, where those channel partners are reselling to their customer base. Yeah, that's actually been our key go-to-market strategy around this. Uh, the, the partners are excited because especially uh, with the potential to uh, add their own private clouds and to match them up with public cloud offerings, that very much addresses the 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 needs and demands that they're hearing from their own uh, kind of customers as people migrate over to cloud uh, architectures uh, and at times providers. Yeah, I think it's also about building building their own clouds on prem that behave, scale, and act the exact same way. And, and that's where we where HCI integration, I think, is going to come in. And that's where we've seen the conversation is is you think cloud, you build in cloud, and then if you want to run it on prem, it's the exact same architecture. It, it behaves, feels, and act, will act exactly the same way as is, is the plan for it. Although we've publicly yeah. discussed it, but we're we're not going to commit to a specific date in this call. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. come on, let's make a date. Let's make up a date. <laughs> but I've just find talking to so many customers, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an infrastructure provider, or or worse, they think of NetApp as a storage company, and it's it's actually a really fun experience for me to be basically shatter all of their preconceptions. It's look at NKS. It is a 100% cloud native application, and it is cloud resident application management. Um, and we will, you know, eventually connect this to your on-prem infrastructure so you can consume your on-prem just like it's a cloud as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uncalls, it's often funny when they're like, when can I use this? Or how do I, do I need a PO? And it's like, no, go to cloud.netapp.com and you can start using the application. Yes. It is. <laughs> Everything it is, I showed you is available. It is interesting talking to customers because, you know, because I think they're, you know, um, so let's, let's kind of set the stage that Ariel and I are very new to the company. We came in through a stack, uh, through an acquisition. Um, and so, it's always interesting sitting down with the NetApp enterprise customers who are really used to like filling out a PO and then like waiting some time to get something right. You know, hey, can we do a POC? Yeah, we could do one right now. You want to do one right now? That really shocks them. It really does surprise them that they, you know, they consume the service immediately. Yeah, I, I love doing it in my presentations. I just did a Calgary and Vancouver, and it was a lot of fun because at the end of my presentation, I did, okay, and here's an NKS demo, and here's you know downloading the kubeconfig Config file and importing it into MS Visual Code on a pixel book, no less, and start actually showing people how it works. And I'm like, and if you want to use this, here's the link. Here's the classes you can take to understand this. And it's been fun for me unlocking the cloud native concept to traditionally infrastructure people who think, wow, this is this is voodoo, this is a black art. As soon as you kind of get them to make that mental transition from monolithic architecture to microservices with containerized applications and the value of containerized applications and the portability of Kubernetes, and NKS unlocks that world for them really, really easily because you don't have to understand the voodoo of making a Kubernetes cluster. You can now actually just play and configure and connect with within it. And it just opens up the world to a lot of these people. So it's it's a really fun conversation to have. Yeah, it's you know what we're trying to drive towards is you know um, so I'm an I'm an old engineer and I know how it is as engineers you just get more and more put on your table on your plate right and so the whole goal with the product has been to how do we take all that crap off an engineer's plate how do we make it so they don't have to you know now they're underwater learning. Because there's a lot of concepts. If you wanted to do all this yourself, there's a lot that you would need to learn. And um, our tool allows you know engineers at other shops to do what they actually do and build code and put that code on top of this environment without having to worry kind of worry about the operational side of things. Um, you know, I have a friend who's in data science, and he's spent months working on not data science but on Kubernetes. 
trying to just get it working, try to get all this tooling working, get, you know, tons of questions from them, of course, you know, and, you know, eventually I just said, how, how if I just made that really easy, like you just get a, a data science persona cluster, you click a button and that's what they want. That's what those customers want. They do not want to have to be a Kubernetes admin. Yeah, we actually have a demo at the NVIDIA GTC conference, and I have a couple of, of my employees are there uh, this week doing uh, video demos. But uh, one of the demos that's in the booth is actually an NKS creation of an NVIDIA uh, inference model. Mm-hmm. Literally spin it up, start uploading your photos, and it'll tell you what's in them. And you can do it in under four minutes. So uh, we're, we're working on recreating that in NKS right now. You guys just uh, didn't have the NVIDIA image available to me, so I have to ask you guys for the link for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, also the, the trick. I'm not was sure the, we're open to disclosing that. <laughs> so, so the trick, the trick to, the trick to how we do demos here is all we all run on one account, and uh, sometimes you do run out of resources. So you also have yes. to pray to the to the resource gods that you have enough GPUs in yeah. the cloud, cloud provider. But we also try to do pre-flight checks uh, to catch things like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were we were in discussions about staging because I immediately saw the video and started making it for myself, and then said, "Okay, where, where's my GitHub call to get my NVIDIA, you know, image download?" And they said, "Well, you, you can come over to staging, but you don't really want to be in staging because <laughs> that's yeah. where all the the hoods up." But um, yeah, yeah, staging sometimes can break because well, you know, depending on what we're doing, um, you know, customers don't, customers don't touch staging. We should say that right now. Well, it's it's so interesting because it's it's like our cloud group. You know, I'm com- coming from a hardware background. It's like, okay, here's our six month roadmap. You know, in twelve really twelve months and eighteen months is where we're really thinking of working on things. And you know, you deliver them to the to the customer. And we look at you know NKS and our cloud volume services and some of our other cloud technologies. And the roadmap's two weeks because the third week is up in the air. It's you can innovate that fast in these technologies. So it's it's awesome to to you know make that mental transition to now start to see how accessible change is and how evolution of technology because your your roadmaps can really be acted on very very quickly. If we wanted to start playing with uh, NKS or if we wanted to test it out or see demos, where could we find that information? Cloud.netup.com. Yep. Cloud.netup.com, the oh. all-in-one cloud portal, single pane of glass. So we also have, I mean, we have a YouTube channel where we have a lot of videos posted of various things, like the inference videos up there. Um, you know, uh, we, as NetUp, we also run the largest cloud native communities in the world. And so we have all those videos on there as well. So it's not just, you know, it's just not learning about I think the whole whole point behind all this technology is to not lock into a vendor. Um, is to, you know, you want to learn about all of it, and so that that YouTube channel uh, is is all of it. You know, so there's like meetup videos, things like that, presentations on Istio, presentations on Kubernetes, presentations on our stuff. Yeah, one of the things uh, Matt hinted out a little bit earlier is uh, as adoption of these technologies. Uh, or in, in interest increases, uh, we've made it. We've tried to make it easier for people to consume and experiment with the technologies. Early in the days, I remember Kelsey Hightower going, uh, "You know, Kubernetes is awesome, but like, don't spend a week trying to stand up a cluster just to get to all the joy of Cube Cuddle. Uh, go use GC uh, or G, uh, It was GKE, but Container Engine at that time. It was prior to their Kubernetes certification. We thought we could deliver a similar type of experience and turnkey uh, uh, functionality uh, and even beyond that to uh, a whole set of users. And so that's been part of the the mission uh, throughout and uh, the videos and the uh, events are part of 
uh, that educational and enablement kind of vision uh, around the product and the technologies. I, we should know that Kelsey has actually used our product before. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you really want to know the, the real history of, of Stackpoint, which is now NKS, uh, the reason our, so I wrote the original uh, prototype and um, it really came out of the fact that Kubop, which was how you would hopefully maybe somehow stand up a Kubernetes cluster in the project, absolutely sucked. And it was not easy for me to work on Kubernetes. And so I built the original build system. Ariel and I have a really fun story that we'll tell you over beers at some point. <laughs> about the early days but that's that's, that's one for, of the, another that's for another episode but that, that was one of the impetuses was the was to make it easy for me just me to to stand up and manage a cluster on my own um because i was doing development work and we, I, we gotta remember this was like 0 0.11 in, back in the day yeah i say back in the day like it was 20 years ago but so four yeah. years Yes, four years ago. Sort yeah, of. I, I still laugh when I see somebody say, I see a resume request come in that says, I'd like six years of experience on Kubernetes or more, which is. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten recruit. I, I mean, years I, of I've been, yeah, I've been, I've had persistent recruitment since I've been touching Kubernetes. And it is weird, especially in the first year. You're like, how, how's the going to have five years of experience with Kubernetes when the project itself is not even five years old? That's impossible. That's because it's a time machine. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe they want Googlers, you know, where they've been working with, uh, you know, Borg and Omega and stuff like that. Well, I found funny because I was when I was researching and, and learning about NKS um, just around the time of the acquisition, I found some Stackpoint IO blogs, and it was funny. It was a Googler saying, "I'm using Stackpoint to manage all of my Google clusters <laughs> for GKE from 2017," oh, yeah. which was yeah, hysterical. I, yeah, I know. I know that guy now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah he's down here. He's over here in Seattle. Um, yeah, no, I was actually surprised. I remember telling him, telling Google, "Well, guys, just put your credit card on file, <laughs> please." <laughs> so we uh, we actually had Kelsey on here as well in the podcast uh, episode fifty three. We were talking about Kubernetes and stuff. So if you're interested in checking that out, techontappodcast dot com. No, very cool. Yeah. 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 It's interesting also if you look in the AWS instance, you can start to see our cloud volumes with Trident are already integrated into this. So NKS isn't just a standalone product. It's actually integrating into our already um, broad and deep cloud services with the ability to provision the NetApp cloud volumes uh, with Trident support for container persistent storage mapping right in the, in the technology. So you don't even have to go to another interface to start, start provisioning some of these other services. So that's what I, I love that's beautiful about it is, is it's it's you know a fairly recent acquisition but it's already got a, a very high degree of integration in cloud central and in our cloud volume services and when we add our, our hci technology shortly in the future this is going to be an integrated technology not mm -hmm. just a standalone product although it's an outstanding standalone technology as well but i love when i talk to a customer that's that they have looked at pks as the only way to to in, deploy in an enterprise a kubernetes service and have have the fit feel and, and function that they want and it forces them into command line and kind of in a locked-in mm -hmm. approach. And we're really giving them an open open way of looking at this, an open multi-cloud capability. So it's, it's a pretty fun technology. I think that's an important point that you made, which is, um, you know, what we're trying to do with the technology is pull in and integrate all the NetApp IP into it so that we, we can make that and make that easily abstracted for the user, too. 
Yeah, and, and as I, I hate it when technology gets overhyped. You know, we've seen this with artificial intelligence. We've seen this with you know Kubernetes is getting the same treatment now, and yet the potential of the technologies is is incredibly powerful and well beyond the hype. And as organizations start to look at, you know, I met with a customer recently. It was a very large government entity that had six Kubernetes projects going on in flight. And government is not known for bleeding edge. Um, this stuff is going to mainstream very, very quickly. And, yep. um, you know, we're, we're, we're there with an open, you know, scalable approach with an enterprise support capability behind it. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of the other other technology vendors out there are trying to lock you into their garden, trying to keep keep control of you, whereas, you know, the cloud and, and containerization and, as well as Kubernetes is about freeing you from, the, from those, you know, previous constraints. So mm-hmm. it, it's a fun fun way to – a fun message to deliver to, to people that this is capable and, and people are asking us for it already, which has been exciting. Yeah, that's why we, you know, uh, to try to prevent that lock-in, that's why we support things like, um, you know, multi-mesh where you can actually, you know, connect SDS service meshes across multiple cloud providers, enabling you to begin to migrate and move workload as needed. Federation, you know, support as well. Um, I think think the future of the internet is all about, uh, I I think it's not just hyperbole to describe Kubernetes as an operating system. Um, You know, we're seeing trending where, distributions are becoming less important. Like, who cares about what your host operating system is running? Why should you care? You should care that it's running Kubernetes, right? Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, Kubernetes is the, is the most transformative technology since Linux. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I, I think it's, we're just beginning to see the implications, you know, software is starting to be delivered in containers, but we're starting to see that the, the new architectures that are being developed are going to require, you know, a cloud on-prem. Mm-hmm. And that's, it, I think you're going to see that that speed our adoption of the HCI types yeah. of technologies, but also as you connect them to cloud, you're going to have more and more cloud tools yeah. abstracted so they are portable. Yeah, and, and, you know, what's interesting is, you know, we're sitting in a really good position with, with the product because, um, you know, customer meetings, some of the customer meetings I've been in, uh, they're, meeting with, they're meeting with Kubernetes shops because there's a now mandate. They have to go to this. And you got engineers, coders are sitting there freaking out and they don't know what to do. Manage, engineering managers are like, now I got to do this thing? Oh, God. And, you know, when we walked through the door, there was uh, a company down uh, Burbank, actually, I was talking to, uh, walked through the door and they were like, oh my God, we have this mandate. And then we showed them what we have and they're like, you just solved our mandate problem. And that's a big thing. And then that's, so we're starting to see just corporate from up top down force this. And that's not actually how this community started. The community actually started with bottom up where engineers were adopting the technology and then just telling management, sorry, that mesosphere thing that you want us to use, garbage. We chose Kubernetes. Well, I almost feel like OpenStack promised something and then failed to deliver it. And this is – so the demand is there but pent up. And it's being released right as this technology comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. And uh, I'll see all of you guys at Google next. So if you have more questions or like to see a demo, come stop by our booth while we're there. I'll be the only HCI guy there. So happy to talk with you guys about it and, and show us more about how this is going to go. We have a, a Google Next presentation, too, on Thursday morning at 10-something. Uh, just look for the application multi-cloud title um, or NetApp, uh, and then you can see all of our app management stuff that we've done. When is Google Next? April. Through, yeah, April 9th through 11th, 12th okay. in San Francisco. All right, excellent. Uh, so, Matt, 
Ariel, Andy, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, again, Andy, if we want to get in touch with you, how do we do that? Uh, Andy underscore NTAP underscore Flash. And Matt? Baldwin Matthew with one T. All right. And Ariel? Ariel Jatib. All right. We'll add those to the show notes. Thanks again for joining us today. All right. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Andy Grimes, Ariel Jatib, and Matt Baldwin for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.